What we do here is go back, 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 back. I don't know if I necessarily <laughs> like nachos on game day, but I like the idea of it. Welcome, everybody, to the Raider Take Podcast. I am Michael McDonald. Join with me is Andy McDonald. And just like what Johnny up? Five, we are alive and well for this week before preview. How's it going? Let's go. It's going well, man. Fired up. Past week three, you know, we talked about it enough, so I feel good. Yeah. We're going. Well, uh, we can get right into it. You want to let everybody know uh, what we got for them? So today we're going to cover the um, mortal locks of the week, as always, um, as promised. I know the viewers are really wondering where I'm going to F up on this one because we are censored now. Um, so we'll do the mortal locks. We'll get into the uh, Bills preview um, for the the Raider game this week um, at Allegiant Stadium. Bills versus Raiders. Mike is going to jump into the Bills offense against Raiders defense. I'll take the Bills defense versus the Raiders offense. Um, and then we are going to roll into predictions. And then we will finish the segment, as always, with our listener questions, sometimes called readers questions all good sometimes we're gonna rock and roll so let's let's uh let's go over to you for the mortal lock of the week nfl slate non-raider game you're three and oh riding high uh, after that Bengals eagles tie that you still covered on what do you got well first of all feels great feels great to be four uh three and oh trying to go four and oh here um my mortal lock of this week is going to be the Houston Texans, who are minus four and a half to the Minnesota Vikings. And this is why I choose it. Uh, it's because the Texans, they've, they've really just been, been screwed in this first slate of games. They had some really tough opponents, and I feel like this is the game against a Minnesota team who has been very, very shaky in their secondary last thing, that Deshaun Watson, this is going to be his comeback game. He's, they're going to go off. They're going to kind of right the boat a little bit because they are a really good team played three really hard games the first three weeks and kind of people are on the fence about them. I think minus four and a half is very conservative uh, for them. I think they're going to just go out and win by two touchdowns. So great. I mean, just, just punch it in. I mean, I, I like that. That was actually one of my options for the, for the lock, the lock of the week. Um, but I, I feel you there. I mean, I, I think it's their time to get right. They did get a tough, uh, tough slate in the, in the first three games that they had to go against. So I like that against the Vikings who are just reeling. Um, they just can't figure it out. And I'm good with that. I think the Vikings might show up a little bit. Um, they played, they played tough in, in their first couple of games, but really the Texans are, are better than them at this point. They're just both 0 and three, unfortunately. So it's nice of you to take a favorite on an 0 and three game and have them win by more than a touchdown or more than four points. So, um, so I, I guess I'll transition over to um, see transition. There it is again. Um, but I'm going to go my mortal lock of the week. And if anyone has listened, you guys are, you're back. You're with me again. Let's do this. Okay. We got the Seahawks at Miami Dolphins. They are plus or sorry, minus six favorites. The Seahawks are, uh, I've seen six, I've seen six and a half. I don't really care. 
I don't think it's going to be that close. So we have the Seahawks going to Miami minus six, minus six and a half, whatever you want to call it. I think they completely blow out the dolphins and it, it's actually, in my opinion, staggering that, that this is even that close. Like they've, the Seahawks are three and zero. the dolphins are one and two and they beat the Jaguars in that wonky Thursday night football game. That was, you can never predict a Thursday night football game magic. at all. Right. Yeah. The, exactly. It's Fitz magic. So it's like, what, what Fitzpatrick are you going to get? And, and I think the reason this game is close is because the Seahawks defense has been super shaky, giving up a ton of points. They were in that shootout against the Cowboys last week. And, but it's like, you're, you're telling me I'm going to bet because I'm not going to bet because I don't touch the points anymore. I don't touch the more lock of the week anymore. But if allegedly I was going to bet on this game, a touchdown, a touchdown yeah. to the Dolphins. Like, yeah, it could be a weird game. There sounds like there's thunderstorms in the forecast, but like, no, no shot. It, are these teams even close? And what you have to factor in is that these games are as, as much of a neutral field when the home team goes to an, or sorry, when the away team travels, it's, it's so much close to a neutral field as possible because there's no fans and it's just like team versus team as if it's a scrimmage. So I don't even factor in the travel. I don't even factor in the, oh, you know, it's, it's Florida, it's Miami. You know, you can party on Friday nights. No, no shot. You can't even do anything with COVID. The Raiders actually proved that point against it with the Darren Waller event. But who cares, right? I just think that these teams are not even close from a talent perspective on either side of the ball. I feel like the Seahawks are just going to put it on them. Fitzmagic is going to have to be Fitzmagic and he's going to throw a lot of picks. I think they're going to get to the quarterback. And this is the, this is the game that the Seahawks are going to write the ship a little bit about their defense being, you know, an underwhelming part of their team. I have Seahawks minus six and a half on the road against dolphins. Don't write it in pen, write it in, you know, write it in pencil, erase it if you need to. But I feel great about that. I will not bet this game. Do you hear me? I will not bet this game. Why are you lying to everyone? I'm not lying. I will not. I will, okay, here we go. I will not <laughs> bet the points on this game at all. I will not bet the six and a half. If I find it under, over, whatever, I, I might I might take a look at it. Okay, yeah. But that's where I'm going to stick. So that's, I feel great about that mortar lock. Yeah. I, I like, what do you I like? No, as I say, I, I like that one because you're, you're talking about a, a Seahawks defense that has been uh, underwhelming against really good teams or at least teams that have good offenses Correct. for the most part. So it's like Miami's not good. Fitz Magic, he it's had some, has some juju on Thursday nights every once in a while, and he's, he's you know, good for a four-touchdown game, and then he's also good for like a four-pick game. So uh, right. those teams are not even nearly as close as a one-touchdown score, so. I love it. But as you know, as, as all my, my picks go, it, it's going to come down to the wire. Mike is going to just coast into another 4-0 record. But I, I'm really trying to ride the ship here, get back to 500, and, and really just crush the rest of the week or the rest of the year. So It almost begs um, the question, if they if it doesn't hit, um, whether you're just a mush for whatever option that you throw out there. Like No matter what it is, it's just because you're betting on it. It's gonna, uh, you, won, you won last week. We're, it's all good. So you're, I think, no, no, I, I think I, you're far think from that. Fair, I think it's a fair question. Um, I, once again, I think I recognize what the problem was is that on my mortal locks is confident as I sound on these previews. I took that into Sunday and was that confident with my betting. So I'm like, no, you go. I'm not going to touch the points. I'm just going to lay it out and just be like, no, I want to let it 
take its course, let Jesus take the wheel here and just, you know, we'll do our thing. So all good. You know, I'm going to keep, I will keep being ambitious. That's not a problem to me. So um, that's our mortal locks. Do you got Texans minus four at home against the Vikings? I got the Seahawks on the road against the Dolphins minus six. Just put it on, put it on a parlay. See how you feel. Put it in the Um, books. Exactly. Well, let's uh, let's shift then over to our, our Bills Raiders preview. So we'll get into our predictions later, but just to get the, the state of the state. So the Bills are coming out to Las Vegas, um, second game at Allegiant Stadium. They are actually three-point favorites on the road. Um, so traditionally what that means is when a team travels, they, they typically get three points against them just because they're the away team, right? I don't know how that's factored into um, this day and age with COVID, but um, you you could basically assume, which I don't like to assume, you could assume that if the Raiders traveled to Buffalo, they would be six-point dots, right? So the, the um, Bills would get that additional three points. So Bills are traveling three-point favorites on the road to the Raiders' first game in Allegiant Stadium, break down the Bills' offense against the Raiders' defense, Cool. Appreciate it. Um, so going into the season, looking at this game on the, on the schedule, um, looking at it and being like, okay, well, you know, Bill's pretty good last year. Josh Allen's kind of, you know, starting to figure things out. Um, but I feel, you know, confident in this new look Raiders. Maybe we go into it. It is a lot scarier of a game going into week four after the first three weeks of the season after seeing how this team has performed. Um, to throw a little bit of stats out there um, for you guys. They have 69 total first downs and 46 of those are passing. Um, they have 1,302 total yards of offense and 991 of them are passing. And it just kind of goes to show that uh, how much Josh Allen's really kind of taken over the team for the most part. They're relying a lot on him and relying on him in the running game as well. Uh, I think you look at Josh Allen and you think that you probably have a similar game plan as we had last week against Cam Newton with his ability to run and kind of the way they've tailored, you know, getting him on his feet and, you know, out in the open field and whatnot. But you also look at it and he's got a cannon for an arm and he, he's a lot better of a passer than Cam Newton is. So it's even scarier because, you know, we kind of bottled up Cam last week. Um, we did well. We thought, you know, we talked about how it's like, all right, maybe try to make him beat us by passing it because that's not his thing. He's really good at running the ball and getting out on his feet and all that stuff. I think we got a big task at hand this week, um, essentially having to account for someone who's really good at throwing, also you know, being able to run the ball. Doesn't help also that our rookie cornerback, Damon Arnett, who just recently got surgery on his thumb, um, is going to be out. Uh, time frame, TBA, unless you've seen anything recently, but I, I think they're hoping it's going to be, you know, sooner than um, I think like the four or five weeks they expected potentially. Yeah. I, th- I think it's around four to six weeks. Um, it's, it's all about how he recovers, but yeah, it's yeah. traditionally, you know, four to six, six to eight. I mean, it's all about how he recovers from it, but yeah. continue. So, I mean, he can play with, he can play with the cast. So, I mean, yeah, so, I, in, so yeah, I think that they, you know, they're hoping that maybe he can start practicing against him, but nonetheless, he's, He's out for this game, and it's unfortunate because the Bills do have some really good receivers. They did have John Brown go down um, with a calf injury, and he has, um, I think up to date, not participated in practice. He never came back in the game. 
there's a chance maybe he misses. But essentially, you got John Brown and you got Stephon Diggs, who are both very fast receivers. And it's a little, uh, you know, it's a little questionable when you got to trot Nevin Lawson out there on the other side. Um, I think one thing I'm kind of excited for, and I and I think that we'll get to see a good amount of in this game, at least starting is um, getting to see what Isaiah Johnson can do out at corner. Um, he really like that dude. And he's like, if you look at him, he's like a, a spitting image of Trayvon Mullen, as far as like size wingspan, and just gets after it. I, you know, he got hurt last year. We didn't see much of him. And I'm really hoping that he gets a chance to kind of step up here and kind of work his way into the defense and kind of get a groove. I think we can, um, I think, he's probably someone to watch um, on getting a good amount of playing time and even potentially having a decent game for the most part, especially if John Brown is out, it'll kind of help him ease into it and whatnot. Um, so um, I'll let that kind of lead into that. Him being um, my potential ball out of the game this year or this game is Isaiah Johnson getting a chance to potentially get more playing time, maybe man up on, on a, you know, third or fourth receiver and really, you know, show his lockdown abilities and whatnot. Um, I think Trayvon Mullen's going to have his hands full with Stephon Diggs. I think they probably, especially if John Brown's out, I think they probably have him shadowing a lot. One thing I am concerned of on our defense, and it's a stat that I came across on Twitter, um, is that the Raiders have missed 20% of their tackles so far this season, uh, which is the worst rate in the league. It's 19.9, but we'll round up. Um, they also have three of 13 players in the NFL with five plus missed tackles this season. Uh, two of them Perfect. are two of them are linebackers, and one of them is Jonathan Abram. Uh, so it's concerning when you have um, someone like Josh Allen, who can really run through anybody they want. Uh, for the most part, it is you know when you got a fast guy in Devin Singletary, their you know their main running back. It can, it's probably, it can get really ugly, unfortunately, if they don't make their tackles and they're missing their gaps and stuff, like we saw a lot against the Patriots. Also, another stat is that um, the Raiders have blitzed on 24% of their pass plays this season, which is up from like 19 and a half from last year. And they still have yet to get a sack from any of their linebackers or DBs from that. So that right there goes and shows that not only are they're not making their tackles. They're not getting to the quarterback. The linebackers aren't. The DBs aren't. Unfortunately, they also are very bad on um, average yards per play when they're in blitzing packages and, and whatnot. Through the first three weeks, teams are averaging a little over nine yards per play when the Raiders are blitzing or in blitz packages. Jesus. And they're averaging um, 6.75, six and three quarters yards um, per run play when the Raiders are blitzing packages. So. Not only are they blitzing and not getting to the quarterback, which is the main one of the main reasons of blitzing, they're being ineffective and just not, you know, they're blitzing at all the wrong times, essentially. Or maybe the defense or the offense is getting good at, you know, figuring things out and audibleing from that. But regardless, they're blitzing and not having anything to show for it, and also putting the you know the defense in detrimental spots by essentially fucking up when they do it. Pardon my f bombs. Yeah, I think it's gonna be it. it it's gonna be a very scary game for me, to be honest. Watching it, the rate. I think the Raiders have a chance to stay in this game if our offense, like you were going to review, can yeah. ball out. I think it's gonna be a miracle if this defense keeps the Bills under thirty points. In my opinion, um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a little rough. 
I think that it'll help. It'll go a long way as it did with the saints. If, you know, one of their main receivers is out, it'll help, but it doesn't help that we got guys out too. So I want to be optimistic about things. I'm also trying to be about things and their offense is flying very high, high powered right now. And our defense is coming off some injuries and just a terrible week against the Patriots. So it'll be a, it could get frustrating quick. I have zero doubt that it's going to not be stressful the whole game, whether it's close or not. So, Oh yeah. Well, no, I, th- I think like really it's tough, tough task in a sense for you to even break that down because we put out such a bad game film of, you know, from our defensive side and the bills just came back. They're up 28, three and they came back from against the Rams and, it's it's like they're so explosive. We have so many either bad execution um, plays on on film from the second half, and also we have, like you mentioned, we're hampered with injuries. There's so many things that are going against us. It's just like, um, yeah, let's find the positives with this, which is not a ton, right? And let's just hope and pray that we can actually match up with them. But I totally get it, man. I'm I'm afraid as as, as you are, and it's not going to be fun trotting. Josh Allen out there each drive and it's just like, well, cause, cause they're also the team that, that just attacks. Everything is a 30 yard play. Everything is down the field. They're going to press us and it's not fun. So I think it's a good breakdown. I, th- I think, you know, like you mentioned, we have a chance for some folks to step up like I, Isaiah Johnson, who can fill a void in the nickel. Um, cause we have to go with, you know, uh, Trayvon Mullen and, uh, Nevin Lawson, who, which is, you know, great you know, against these guys, but all in all, I think, I think we have a chance to stay in the game. And like you mentioned, I think it's, it's going to be based on the offense and how they handle, handle business. So I'll transition there. So really where it comes down to is, is um, it's, it's Gruden versus Sean McDermott. So when you look at Sean McDermott and his defense, it's actually something that has been, you know, from a social media, from just like an all around the NFL, like they've praised Sean McDermott for his defense and how the bills have, you know, risen to this, the stardom in a sense. Um, but you know, he, he came from, you know, so basically, okay. So just to break it down, the, the Buffalo Bills are in a four, three, okay. Standard four, three, but they incorporate a lot of blitzing, a lot of unique blitzing and, and different things, but they, they do from a base defense perspective, start as a four, three. Um, and McDermott came from Philadelphia, which he was, um, under Jim Johnson, who was a defensive coordinator for at least 80 years. Um, not Jimmy Johnson, who was the Cowboys head coach, but Jim Johnson, that so he was like a, I think he was a backers coach or a D line. Don't quote me on that, but he was, he was in that system. And then he transitioned over to um, the Carolina Panthers as a D coordinator under Ron Rivera for, I think it was six years. I don't know, whatever. So well, I think it was five years. So he was under um, Ron Rivera for Carolina in the five years one of those years is when they made the playoffs that went, they made their Super Bowl run. So he shows a four, three defense um, and, and they sprinkle in blitzes. It's, it's a unique attack. And, and really, you know, it's, it's, it's I think that's what's going to give us fits in a sense. So it's like, they will show a standard four, three and they'll blitz us. They'll show eight men across and, and, and drop two or three into coverage. But those two or three could be, two linebackers they could be a dn that drops in coverage and they'll blitz the other so really the reason that i'm worried about that is because you have an o-line that's banged up we don't know what trent brown's status is 
You have John Simpson as left guard because Richie Incognito is on the IR. You have Denzel Good pushed out to the right tackle. And so they have to be on the same page for this unique blitz style that um, the Buffalo defense, you know, really is, is going to push on us, going to press on us. So I think it's going to be, it's going to be tough. It's going to be something that we have to adjust to, you know, DC has got to be dialed at the line of scrimmage, but really where I think they can attack us is, is within that is when they show multiple fronts, they show multiple um, blitzing guys, they roll up eight men on the field or eight men at the line of scrimmage and you don't know who's coming. Right. Um, so I think that's going to be, that's going to be scary. And I think it's going to be something that we have to adjust to, but you know, they traditionally have done that in the last three games when they're up big, um, when they're up on a team that's, you know, two scores or, you know, one score or three scores, whatever it is. And so it's usually when they're in the lead and Buffalo is not familiar with being in the lead in the last couple of years. So I would say as far as if you want to, sh- you know, if I want to shift over to the ball out, fallout category, it, it really comes down to Josh Jacobs. We have to establish a run. Um, how we do that, once again, just like the Saints game, how we do that is going to be critical. Are we able to, you know, put him in shotgun and, and run the ball, right? Are we able to get in that 21 personnel, which is two tight ends, one back, and still run the ball? So um, traditionally, John Gruden has really just showed his hand. Our O-line has been so strong that he can just say, hey, we're going to run the ball, and you're going to have to defend it and see how it goes. I just don't think that's going to play anymore. I think we have to be able to be like, okay, shotgun four wide receivers um, or three wide receivers with Darren Waller, um, you know, with the down tight end, and we're going to run the ball from the shotgun. Or we're going to get in 21 personnel and we're going to play action. But Josh Jacobs has to get the rock. He has to get it 25 plus times, especially with our depleted wide receiver core, which I'll get into. Um, And I'll also get into that on the um, film breakdown. From last week, if you want to tune in, we're going to punch that out, I think, on Saturday. All right. Yeah, we're going to uh, work on getting that out Saturday, uh, kind of get get a little extra content out there um, so you guys can see Andy's uh, in-depth breakdown this week. So, Yeah, exactly. So really, it's, it's we have you know no Henry Ruggs, no Brian Edwards. Like going into this year, we didn't have them. We had, to, we had to draft them, but they ended up being our number one and two, so. Um, from a ball out perspective, it has to be Josh Jacobs. I think we have to get him, um, up and running, ready to go. We got to be able to gash them. And, and I think that factors into what you talked about is the offense has to step up and we have to keep <laughs> the bills offense off the field, right? We have to get these long sustained drives. If you think back to the saints, saints game two weeks ago is, is the way we came back in that game is we had back to back 10 plus play drives that resulted in touchdowns. The Patriots game, we, we did sustain longer drives but it was a field goal and it was a fumble right or it was something that it was just something that we didn't turn into points and and that still put pressure on the defense so we got to be able to keep josh allen on the on the sidelines keep that explosive offense on the sidelines and be able to sustain some drives and and really i think you know jacobs has to be the key factor when you don't have rugs we don't have edwards i i do like renfro i do like aguilar i do like zay jones and obviously darren waller but we have to be able to establish the line of scrimmage. They do have a tough front. Um, we have to be able to control that on both sides of the ball. We have to be able to move the chains and control the game. Cause that's, I mean, as much as we want to get into this, okay, we're behind two scores and we got to just run this, you know, kind of run and shoot offense. You know, it's not Gruden's MO. It's not his, his, his way to go about business. It's about, you know, four or five yards in a cloud of dust. So, Really, we have to be able to control the ball um, or control the line of scrimmage and, and run the ball, which is Josh Jacobs. So, and when I get into my fallout category, it's just like this game. It's it's 
whoever is getting the Tredavious White treatment, right? Trey White is, is said this about Marshawn Lattimore. I still believe it, but top three, top five corner in the NFL. So I think he's someone that, that is going to be with our depleted core. He's not going to be matched up on Waller. He's not big enough. Um, so I think he would be on, I would imagine Nelson Aguilar, if I, you know, gun to my head, if I was going to just say it, I would say Nelson Aguilar, who's going to be out there because he's a good down the field blocker, which that's why when you have a hodgepodge of wide receivers who you trot out there as a wide receiver, it's someone that can block and that's effective in the past game. Um, so it'd be Nelson Aguilar. I think he's going to shadow him a ton. Um, and he has been effective. He, he showed out in the, in the Panther game. Zay Jones got in, in the Saints game, really, it was probably 30 or 40% of our offensive snaps, which is, and, and that one, that one play that I highlighted, um, from the Saints game, but I, I think it's going to be Aguilar. If not, it, it's really just, he might just shut down one side of the field. They might just say, Hey, we don't have to man these guys up. Let's just zone across and whoever he takes, he takes. So, um, the fallout category is, is really the receiver that's lined up opposite of Trey White. It's going to be tough. You know, once again, they, they're a, a base 4-3 defense. Um, they show a ton of blitzes. I really think we're going to take advantage of, you know, who, whether Renfro or Jones or, or Aguilar, um, are going to be able to take advantage again of, of either second, third, or fourth corner on their team. Because um, I think what they'll, if, if I were Sean McDermott, which I'm not, I would just say, hey, put Trey White on, on one of their guys let's get a safety or a backer in the face um, of Darren Waller and just bracket him because there's no other threats. Just to be honest, there's no other threats outside of Darren Waller from the passing game and take away their number one, just like new England does. And, and I think that's what they're going to do. So I, I would just say that we, we have, we're going to have to be versatile. We're going to have to adjust just like we did in the Saints game in the second half where we just adapted to what they were taking away and we just started feeding Waller. Right. Um, and then we got Josh Jacobs going a little bit. So from, from the defensive backside, it's, it's really Trey White and, and Micah Hyde. You know, shout out to Micah. I think he's I love Micah in the NFL. Yeah, those guys are great. So Shout you know, out to Micah Parsons right. coming into the draft this year. Micah Parsons. Top five draft right. <laughs> There you go. So I, I think we take advantage of some of those of those matchups, and, and really we have to – but we have to be creative. We have to be able to get Jacobs going early. We have to get D.C. cooking a little bit. Um and and no one's it's it's really of our receivers that are available on Sunday. No one's the number one. You know we have we have Waller and then we have everyone else. So it's all about matchups. It's all about you know scheming up things. And so ultimately, I think we have a, we have a tough task, right? But what the Rams are able to do is is able to run the ball on them. I think you know I believe they gave up over 165 yards of rushing. Uh, and, and Josh Jacobs is better than anyone on on the uh, Rams side of the ball. So. Um, I think he's going to have a good day, but I think we have to make it an emphasis and we have to strategically move him around. We have to strategically show pass and, and run the ball. We have to show run and go off play action or what have you. So um, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, I guess let's, you know, let's, let's roll into predictions. So like I mentioned in, in the beginnings, the bills are favored by three points on the road, Allegiant stadium, bills, Raiders. Who do you got? <sighs> This is tough because I hate referencing like I always do, but before the season, looking at this schedule, I actually had the Raiders beating the Bills. Pencil them in for beating the Bills. Uh, you know, like I explained earlier, kind of looking at it, it's like, all right, Bills are kind of up and coming, but, you know, we're young. We'll be coming out the gate. And, you know, we ended up getting that one against the Saints, but the Bills look so good that I'm, I'm trying to be optimistic, but I'm going to be realistic. I don't think we win this game. I, uh, 
I know it does. It hurts me too to say that. I'm just very, very weary and scared of just like, I, I'm trying not to get my hopes up because the defense is just, just does that to you where you get your hopes up and you're like, well, no, this time it'll be different. And it isn't. <laughs> and so nope. I'm, I'm trying to take that pessimistic side of things. I'm very scared what their offense can do to our defense because I've seen, uh, you know, so many people do that before. Um, I think it will be close. I think the Raiders will hang with them. I'm going to make a prediction of 34 to 30 Buffalo Bills winning. Um, as painful as it, it is for me to say that, uh, I don't know if I see us winning in a shootout against them after what Josh Allen did last week. So That's fair. I'm a little bummed out, just, just so you know, because I was like, I had my take, I had my prediction. I was like, but you know, I can always bank on Micah to just go positive and be like, the Raiders got this and here's why. And then last week you talked me into it not to say it was your fault. Um, you know, yes. I ended up, <laughs> it wasn't your fault. It's not your fault. Good will hunting. You know? um, but I, I, I do think it's fair, right? You have to, you have to look at it and say, you know, this podcast is, is, is for us to just, you know, analyze the game and, and break down what we think how we feel um, not as optimistic as I was two and zero, even though I talked myself into how close that game actually was, even though some people just read the box scores, but I digress. I also don't think we're going to win. Um, I think it's going to be close. I, I, I do think they are riding the bills are, are riding high on, on three straight wins. Um, Josh Allen's playing out of his mind. Um, and I think that's going to be enough for them to, you know, propel themselves in this game. I, I have the Bills winning 30 to 24. They cover the spread. Um, they win the game. And, and ultimately, you know, the Raiders look at themselves and, and be like, because they're once, like we talked about, they have a tough stretch from a schedule perspective. And it's not going to get, it's not going to get easier after Buffalo. So it's, it's either put up or shut up right now. Um, and I, but I do, I just don't feel great. I don't think they're going to get blown out. If they get blown out, whatever. But I, I think it's going to be close. I think, they're going to be fighting, but alas, they will come up short. Bills 30, 24 um, sucks. Yeah, it sucks. It's, it, it it's sucks. tough to and, say. And I hope, I hope we're both wrong. Yeah. I hope oh, yeah. we're both wrong. In this, I but, do too. Yeah. I think that it's, but, I think it's hard to, it's hard to look at what the bills have done so far and, you know, and not have that thought of like, eh, might be a little yeah. dicey this week. <laughs> it, it, it could, but you know, we're going to go into it, you know, Clear eyes, full heart, can't lose, yeah, you know? Let's just let's just see how this goes. But um, well, let, let's move over then and, and, and close this out on a positive. We have a couple of listener questions. Ooh. Two of the main listeners that are battling back and forth, back and forth, right, for this Raider Take podcast listener of the year. We have two questions from each of them. Um, so we might have to let our viewers or listeners decide, um, or readers is what I meant to say, um, decide on who is who wins this inaugural award. But we have the first one from Cub Boy925. He said, Who is the third pick in the 2012 draft? Just kidding. Where do you see Hunter Renfro in the offense? Go. Oh, well, um, Cub Boy, we appreciate it. We appreciate the love and the question. Um, that's a that's a very good question because I think that I think we're gonna see a coming out party for Hunter Renfro like a full game coming out part. Like he did, he did well last week. You know, he had, I think it was six catches, 84 yards and a touchdown. I think this week you see them go to him early. And I think he rolls through the game just like 
being that safety blanket. You know, they like to find him in the slot, um, like coming across the middle on the slants or in the little pockets where they're trying to, you know, fit people into it. That's where he really thrives is his route running, kind of getting separation enough to find pockets. Like you mentioned, if they're dialing up blitzes and stuff like that, you very well could see quick hitters to to um, Renfro to trying to, you know, Third and Renfro, get on the ball, get some first downs, and, and you know, give give Jacobs more time to run the ball. I think they're, I think they're going to uh, incorporate him a lot, knowing that we're depleted in the receivers, knowing that Waller's gonna, you know, get majority of the attention. I think it's it's time for Hunter to eat. So. Love that, love that. Um, well, I will address the first part of this question, which he said, "Who is the third pick in the 2012 draft?" He was obviously making a joke because he does feel that we have an innate knowledge perspective around the NFL draft, but that was, even though it was a joke, it's pretty obvious because it was Trent Richardson, one of the biggest misses of all time. Just wanted to let him know that that was a softball, even though he was just kidding because he didn't trust us. Trent Richardson to the Browns, third overall. Anywho, um, where do we see Renfro in this offense? You know, how is he incorporated moving forward? I would say I would echo what you're saying, right? It, it's one of those things where you look at your depleted wide receiver group. You don't know when you're going to get Brian Edwards back. You don't know when you're going to get um, uh, Henry Ruggs back. So you have to go with old reliable, right? Hunter Renfro is not going to beat you deep because he doesn't run four two. He's not going to just moss anyone. He's not this big body, but he is reliable with this route running timing anticipation. That's DC's game. You're going to see him a lot in the big down in distance, the third and sixes, third and sevens, when we need something with someone, Hunter Renfro is going to be the guy. Like you mentioned, they're going to be a lot of attention towards Darren Waller. They'll bracket him at times, um, and they will bracket the outside receivers, which is going to be Nelson Aguilar or uh, Zay Jones. So really, Renfro has got to eat between the numbers, which is the Raiders offense. If you listen to the pod, you understand that that is their bread and butter. Um, Renfro, I think, I think he's up for a big game, but you know, at some point, Everyone's going to recognize him. He played 27 years at Clemson. He is now 43, 44 years old on the Raiders. It's a joke, obviously, but he is balding. So let's just call it Renfro is going to be a big part of our offense. I, I do really like what he brings, and DC is going to be all about um, you know anticipation, about timing with his with his reads. And Renfro is someone that you can trust, you can rely on um, in those tough downs. So you might uh, might hear the old uh, the old faithful nickname. Big play Hunter Renfro being used and get some BPHR in the mix. Yeah, Yeah, that's a shout out to BPSR, which is big play Seth Roberts, who I believe had 12 catches, nine touchdowns one year. That's why he was (laughs) BPSR. That's why, because all all those catches, biggest points of the game when we needed it. So that's right. Get get BPHR on a t shirt. Let's roll. That's right. That's right. We, We might as well, you know, patent that right now. So Last question from Old Reliable, just like Hunter Renfro, B. Bauer is, is our guy from day one, been the biggest advocate of the RTP Raider Take podcast. He says, what is your game? So I, the reason I like this question is because he is just eliminating COVID. He said, you know what? F COVID. What is your game day meal at the stadium? You go to the Raider game. The biggest emphasis is the fact that you're watching the game. You're there. We're dialed in. But hey, what do you eat during the day? What's your What's your plan? How do you go about that at the stadium, Michael? Let's kick it to you. Well, that's it's that is an interesting question because um, when we would go to games, we would always bar in because it was you know 
a lot easier. We, you know, not obviously not going to drink and drive. Wouldn't do nope. that. So nope. we, you know, we barred into the game and we ended up usually knowing people that were going to be there. So I feel like the first go-to was getting some type of like breakfast burrito, breakfast sandwich in us before we hit BART, um, just to get something in our stomach. Because when we get there, we're walking around, we're drinking beers, you know, we're we're hanging out with the boys. I think once um, once we got in, once I once we get into the into the stadium. Let, sorry, let me cut you off for a second, if you don't mind. Yes. So let's just say you're at the game. Yeah. Raiders are up by a touchdown. It's halftime. Somehow, somehow, there's a clear line for the food. Oh, you're wow. like, you know what? I'm going to do the responsible thing. I'm going to eat right now. I'm going to figure out what is your go-to game day meal at halftime to where you can enjoy and be back dialed in for the second half. Um, my go-to meal is, I would say, is going to be nachos for me. For And, and it's it's irrational because the cheese is cold in four seconds so thank you i mean i I was about i was about to get really frustrated no i know and and here's the thing is i think um i think you know you know how they say like there's people like there's people that get into relationships and they don't like um they're not they don't want love. They, they don't like the person, like the idea of a person, or they don't mm-hmm. like something like the idea of it. I don't know <laughs> if I necessarily like nachos on game day, but I like the idea of it. Thinking of get- chips and nacho cheese sauce, it's just, it so, sounds so good. And then you get stale chips and cold nacho cheese, and you're like, this is the beers talking. Like, <laughs> it's I, just- I can respect that. And I think that's a fair assessment and good ownership on your end. So I was about to jump down your throat because <laughs> that is the least, least favorite of, of my choices. And I get so fired up when people do it because, okay, sorry. Let me get into my game day meal, just like you described. So we, we traditionally grab a, a breakfast burrito on the, on, on the BART, um, 30 minutes. We crush a beer on the way. We, we meet up with the boys, guys being dudes, hang out. You know, you get into a couple Raiders, you yeah, know, yelling you matches. To. The typical Sunday that we do, as, right? as one does at the college, as Center. one normally does. Um, one of us is wearing the Seawood Michigan jersey number two, and we add up the compliments because everyone's like, Hey man, are you a what? Wait, are you a are you a Chargers fan? I'm just kidding, <laughs> the Seawood, you know. They, they like look at it, they're like, oh, Why are you wearing blue and yellow? Just kidding, it's Seawood, you know. Um, so we get into those things, and, and it's great. So we'll have a breakfast burrito. I'm not a big breakfast guy, just to call it out. But when I get into the stadium, you know, we're a couple of beers deep and I'm like, oof, you know, I might need to address this. But the second I get into the stadium, I walk through the halls and I'm like, you start feeling a little bit. And this is the, you know, O.co, the Coliseum. And you're like, man, this place smells like piss and yeah. weed, what have you. But it's like, whoa, this is awesome. And you start feeling it. Everything's echoing. Warm-ups, everything's echoing. You're getting fired up. Your Raiders are echoing throughout the stadium. I'm getting juiced. I'm like, hey, let's get to our seats and then let's assess. We get to our seats, figured out. I get too dialed in. I get too dialed into what's going on, even if it's like nothing. Even if it's like um, the referees practicing their backpedaling and, and turning and running, if, if it's a big play. You know, I, I get so into those things where we will need – you do the same thing, but we will need a third party to be like, hey, mm-hmm. what do you guys think about food? And we're like, oh, good question. So – if it comes to that, I'm saying, hey, not nachos, <laughs> because I'm not big against nachos. I'm sorry. I'm it just sucks, dude. <laughs> the, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a crazy person. So the nachos, like you mentioned, uh, still chips. 
first of all, like they're like, yeah, these are our best chips. They're stale for sure. So yeah, cool. Thanks for the stale chips. Also, did you just pull the not to the time I get back to my seat because it's the Bay Area and there's wind going, they will be freezing cold. <laughs> or by the time I realize I should eat my nachos, they're just cold, dude. And so it's like the worst combination of all time. And the reason I know that is because I've done it. I've yeah. done it like five <laughs> times. I'm like, ah, blast, you know, like, why did I do this? It was dumb. So all reliable for me is O.co traditionally sitting in the third deck because we just want to watch the game. We don't want to pay out of our shorts. We'll sit in the third deck, drop down to the second deck on that layer. B Bauer knows all about this is the round table. Mm -hmm. They got mini pizzas. They sling them like Krabby Patties. It's like SpongeBob is back. They're just rifling those suckers out to you. It's like six bucks. You grab them. They're going to stay warm. You can eat them when you want because they're going to be warm whenever you want them. That's what I do just to get a little carbs in me just to, you know, counteract the beer or whatever we took in before the game or at the game i would say round table mini pizzas big time because it allows me to eat when i want it, it allows me to not crush the nacho cheese and chips before i even get to my seat because it's the only time it's going to be even edible i feel i feel good about that the, the second one would probably be a hot dog but like there's a lot of work going into that because you're like, okay, well, I got to add mustard and relish. And then I got to make sure that I have to unwrap it and then wrap it back. There's a lot of things that go into it. So game day meal, round table pizza, mini pizzas. You'll take the nachos, agree or disagree. Yeah. Well, and that's good. the thing. As I feel like I, I'm sitting here like trying to figure out like how to defend nachos and I can't because there is no defense against but it. But I don't want you to. I don't, I don't and, want you to because that's you and I yeah, think you need to well, stick by your guns. And I am. And I, oh, I'm 100% sticking by the guns. It's just one of those things where as I like speak it into fruition, I'm like, but they are cold. And, you know, <laughs> the container is 10% nacho cheese and 95% chips, which that doesn't even add up, but somehow they figure that out. There's always way more, way more chips and a little cup of nacho cheese in the corner. Um, yep. You like the idea of love but, and you end up getting stale chips. So. Yeah, exactly. But so. all good, man. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited as always for, for week four. Um, we got the bills. It's going to be a test. You know, there's a lot of things that, you know, we're not – feeling great about it. I think there's there's certain areas that we can we can pick apart and we can actually um, you know really get get after them on the offense and defense side of the ball we'll get into the um, film breakdown on Saturday is one that'll be released basically tying in a, a play on the Pats game that I think we can use to our benefit for the Bills game um, but we, we really just have to Hope and pray and cross our fingers and, and really just, you know, hope that the Raiders show out on their second game in the league. So that's yeah. all I got, man. Cool. Well, it's going to be a good one. We're going to be fingers crossed that we do well. And, and I'm hoping we're both wrong, but, um, I hope so. Yeah. We'll have to, we'll have to see, see how it plays out. Um, as always, we appreciate all the support. Go subscribe, rate, review, hit us up on Twitter, uh, send us in some questions. Got good questions coming in today. Love it. Appreciate everybody. Um, Cubboy925 and B Bauer you know, rocking it hard with the questions. So we appreciate that. Um, yeah, and we just uh, hope you guys enjoy. All right. I'll see you.